Hello, and welcome to another episode of Developing Communities, the DevRel podcast. In this episode, Alexandra and I sit down with Anthony Caplimo. Now, Anthony is a developer advocate from Kenya. Anthony has been in DevRel for three and a half years, previously being an advocate for Africa's Talking and now starting a new role in developer experience at Elarian. We dive into some of the challenges around being an advocate in the African continent and what we can expect from the future coming out of Africa. I hope you enjoy the episode and thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm joined here with Anthony. Now, Anthony, maybe I'll invite you to maybe share a little bit about yeah, your background and, uh, and uh, who you are for the first uh, few minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm Anthony Kiplimo. Um, I ha- I've worked in developer relations for about three and a half years now um, with Africa's Talking and for the past five months with Elarian, a brand new product um, that just came out recently. So, yeah, so been super excited. Um, one of my core passions is uh, providing developers the right tools and education um, around products that can actually change, change lives. Yeah, so quite excited to be here as well. Yeah, pleasure to meet you guys. And of course, here here with Alexandra, as Hi. always, Alex. Um, how are you this week? What's happening? What's happening in the world of Pony Code and uh, and Alex? I was just uh, thinking it's time to clean my desk. The end of the year is coming. It's time to look at uh, the achievement, all the blog posts that I've been writing this year, all the videos that I've I've done, all the times I've tried to produce content as good as as yours, Mackenzie, and uh, the few times that I failed. Uh, but uh, no, no, it's uh, it's good, and I'm I'm ready for Christmas. Yeah, that's good to hear. Now, uh, Anthony, I'm really excited to to have you on the uh, on on the podcast, and I'm really interested to kind of dive into a little bit about uh, you know the the developer community in Africa and and what's happening kind of over there. But before we get into that, maybe uh, we, we can start with just a little bit about how you got into DevRel yourself. How did you find yourself on uh, on this journey? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, my journey start, started in university. Um, so I was a Google developer lead uh, for my university. Um, that was a pretty fun experience. Uh, got to uh, figure out like what the, what the value of community is, um, you know, um, initially in university, it's just more about like learning groups and, and stuff like that. But I never actually never thought I'd be a developer relations person. I didn't think that was a job at the moment, uh, at that time rather. Um, I thought I was going to be a software engineer and you know just carry on my career like that. Um, but then I worked with Andela uh, here here in Africa, and it was a really eye opening experience over the on the power of community management and bringing people together. Um, so what we did there was that we had um, about 800 people in the Rift Valley province uh, that, that I was kind of like uh, overseeing. And that was that was a really eye-opening experience. Um, luckily, I got a chance to to meet some guys from Africa Stalking, told them what I was up to, what I was doing. And, and that's how I got hired as a developer relations professional. And I was like, whoa, this is a job. Okay, cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up um, in DevRel. Can you uh, tell us in a few words what uh, Africa Talking does exactly? Oh yeah, sure. Um, so what we do is that we provide uh, telecommunications and payments infrastructure as APIs. So in this continent, telcos um, are kings. They own everything uh, from the payments to the, to the communications aspect of it. So we try to aggregate it across Africa and provide it to developers in a simple API. 
Wow. And, yeah, and what's your, your, your new role at uh, Aler uh, Aleram? Uh, Aleram? Aleram. 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 I shifted into developer experience. So it's still a lot of developer relations, but um, I, during my, my time at Africa Stalking, I, I learned um, that I was pretty good at uh, education, at tooling, at thinking about how documentation works. Um, and so we, we decided to create a, a bigger, expansive team that's about the experience of the developer throughout the product and even in the community. So that that, that really is what I'm up to at the moment. That's quite specific to to be good at ed education. <laughs> what, what does it mean? That, what does it entitle exactly? How, how did you find out that you were good at that? Um, I think I picked this up uh, during my student days. Um, I realized people really liked coming for my sessions. Um, they found it entertaining and actually valuable to them. So I like writing articles. I like making videos. Um, I just love making content essentially. And yeah, through that, I've, I found myself really uh, just edging towards that. Like how do we create better learning experiences for developers and stuff around that? Yeah. And do you think it's uh, harder than to be a teacher because people are not actively seeking for education, but they're kind of like falling onto your content and, and exploring that? Or do you think it's easy because it's outside of like the, the, the learning experience and they kind of like picking what they want? Where, where do you stand on that? Um, I, think, I think I'm not too concerned sometimes. Um, I, th I think I, I really relish... Um, having, uh, I actually, I'd say I love slightly smaller audiences because a lot more engaging, um, having really big audiences, it's hard to like pick out and really fill out the room. Um, so I'm more of, um, um, I'd say I'm not too concerned about like how many people are there or something like that. I'm, I'm more concerned with the quality of the delivery. I'm more concerned with, um, uh, do I even believe in what I'm teaching? Um, I think that's what brings in people into, into my sessions. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about session. Do you have a like? You're really doing a lot of what uh, live uh, live coding or maybe more video production uh, blog post. What's what, what do you do most? Um, blog posts for sure. I, um, yeah, I had a writer's block earlier this year. It was quite difficult to write a single blog post. But I, I've really been doing more of hackathons and online events um, with 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 the, with the company. So that's been really fun. Um, also tried writing a beta program. Um, that was quite fascinating. <laughs> at how, how difficult that is can be sometimes. But um, but yeah, I, I think most of the time it's um, yeah, it's it's mostly hackathons and um, and physical sessions. Um, I'm, very, I like I like being really hands on with my students. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I'm really I'm really curious too about the developer community in Africa. And so you know, like what what what's the the feeling over there? Is the engineering and development and software engineering really kind of uh, increasing? Is there a tight knit community uh, in Africa? What's the what's the kind of overall community like uh, where you are? It's ridiculously active. Um, I think since I started, um, I think we've grown significantly. So I think as of this year, we are about, about 1.5 million developers on the continent. Wow. Just got a lot of guys. Um, and it's just, it keeps on growing. I think there are also very good stories of, of developers who've done super well, ended up in Google, uh, the fun companies. And, and yeah, and that's really inspired a lot of developers to really take up um, software engineering as, as, as something to to really look into. Um, uh, the communities are, are really expansive, but definitely the main ones are Google. Um, Microsoft has its own community. 
Um, and we've also seen like local companies also bring their, their own communities like ourselves. So Africa Stocking has 100,000 developers on its platform and Elarion is quite new. So in the past four months, we've been able to have about 750 devs on our platform uh, just keeps and keeps on growing. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's quite, it's quite fascinating to be here. Um, and, and yeah, I think the, the best markets, uh, I think right now that we've seen are Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa, and Egypt, those are the largest markets, um, for developers right now. Uh, and that's a lot of our startup activities happening. So yeah, to kind of correlates itself, um, yeah, developers will follow where the money goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about to ask about about business. I mean, uh, I, the developer community is huge, but is it uh, very rooted into companies? Is it a lot of freelancer? Like, uh, do you have a, do you find it hard to distribute your product or to push your product through your uh, developer uh, relationship work or? Or not so much. Um, it's not difficult at all. Uh, there's quite a lot of freelancers. Um, I think developers here, even if they're working for a company, will still uh, moonlight and still do side projects quite a lot. So um, talent is it's it's it can be a bit tricky to find. Uh, you have to be in the right places. Um, you have to know the right people. But once you're in the community and you and you know your guys, um, it's not hard at all to get um, to get guys. Um, I think Microsoft came to to uh, to Kenya in 2019, I believe. And they've they've literally sucked up all the all the great developers now. So uh, we're in the <laughs> business of training the new ones. <laughs> See if we could uh, train new talent. So what's that kind of relationship like? You have you mentioned like Microsoft and Google and, and you know the, the the larger companies that are kind of fostering these uh, communities. Is that is is that what kind of the the ultimate goal is for most uh, software engineers? Um, or, or do we see kind of pockets of like these these startups and uh, entrepreneurship coming kind of out of those communities as well, or is it kind of is is it more focused on getting into these large companies? Um, the dream is to get into the large companies, but you, I think I think there's a sense of realism that you know you have to start from somewhere. Um, so a lot of these developers are starting with startups. There's a lot of young startups here. Um, I think. Between Kenya and, and Nigeria this year, about five billion dollars have been invested uh, in VC cash. So, yeah, the developers know where to know that that's where the money is right now. Um, and mm. developers are in high demand um, everywhere—the banks, the telcos. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of startups though. Um, exceedingly, I think every single day you're going to see a startup getting funded um, for whatever amount of money. So, yeah, I think I think the startup ecosystem is really brewing here. Um, and really empowering developers to do great work. We're seeing really cool apps come out of the ecosystem. Do you have uh, any uh, piece of advice for a developer relationship uh, based in, in Europe or North America who wants to share uh, their product and solutions to, to African uh, developers? Um, yeah, um, I, think, I think just come here. <laughs> just yeah. come here and just... Because I think, I think the thing about Africa is that a lot of the things that we do um, or how our society is structured. It's a lot about relationships. Um, I think when you build relationships with the with the, with the developers here, even if it's like a, a few number of them, ten guys, you easily find yourself like really, um, really getting the word out there. Word of mouth is super powerful here. As mm -hmm. much as ads and all these things still do work, um, trust is built through uh, the connections you make with the developers that are that are that are in the ecosystem at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think I think that and 
as well as have good have, really have good docs <laughs> please <laughs> good documentation yes <laughs> yeah you know it's it's from everything you're saying it's it, um i've never personally been to an african country uh, alex i know that you've worked in nairobi um yourself but it, it sounds like it's a very uh personable relationship they need to build over there it's and that the the strategies that perhaps that we can implement over uh over in europe and in um, north america uh wouldn't quite work over there do you think is that kind of a fair statement that you really needs to be hands-on to build these communities to build these relationships and the simple kind of online exposure that a lot of developer advocates do uh over in this part of the world wouldn't resonate in, you know with with the african developer community um i think it's it's also it's also important to understand the demographic here you know mm -hmm. i think people here don't have as many laptops <laughs> and as and as much internet access as 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 maybe guys in europe and the us so mm -hmm. um when physical presence is so important because this is where that's essentially like the medium of communication for people um so you you kind of when you're when you're kind of like working in, with with um in African cities, um, looking at the developer community, it's, you know, look at the hubs, look at the, um, where, where developers actually come and physically congregate. Um, I think last year we tried, we really tried to, due to the pandemic, we really tried like uh, virtual events. But what had happened is like people initially join, but then drop off because they only had like one gigabyte of data and it ran out right. in the first 20 minutes and they didn't right. buy another one. So, so like yeah. that it, online activity is not the same. Um, but at the same time, I, 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 what, what happens is that I think maybe this also serves as a piece of advice, maybe for someone who's trying to come in, is that the technology that you push here has to feel like it has an actual impact on their day-to-day -day lives. So like, um, like for, for, a Kenyan, for a Kenyan developer, when you talk about Stripe, when you talk about PayPal, it's like, what, man? <laughs> no one uses that stuff. No one even has a card. <laughs> you want to use M-Pesa, right? Mm -hmm. and, and also appreciating the fact that, you know, um, the, how the Kenyan ecosystem works is very different from the Tanzanian ecosystem or the Ethiopian ecosystem or the Nigerian ecosystem. Yeah. They're vastly different ecosystems. So, um, yeah, being able to like really spend your time to, to really learn, learn the people, learn how people work is very valuable um, when, you're, when you're on this side. Yeah, I think that's really important what you just said too because I, I've, I've certainly kind of – been guilty of this in this conversation where you talk about Africa, you know, like, like it's almost a country where it's, it's, it's so large, there's so many different cultures, there's so many different communities, uh, you know, in these different, different countries that, you know, like it's, it, you really need to, to, to learn what resonates uh, in, in each of those communities, I, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I know, uh, Mackenzie, you're in uh, New York right now, so you're definitely see, see the value of uh, in-person uh, events. But it's, uh, I mean, I've, I haven't heard anyone say it out loud. I think since the beginning of the pandemic in, in Europe, uh, specifically, <laughs> there is this, uh, this thing of like, it's okay, we can do it online, online is yeah, fine. Yeah. Everything can happen online, like we're going to survive this. Uh, but it's been two years now, and there is this this rumor of, uh, as soon as I can get back to in-person, I will get back to in-person because the value, the, the personal uh, input uh, and the emotional side of in-person events does make a difference. 
it does make your experience to a new solution and to a new community way different. And the fact that you're like, for me and uh, Anthony, that you say for me in person uh, is number one priority. Uh, I mean, it, it says a lot about like how much we need it and how much after everything we tried online, at the end of the day, we can't live without a yeah. uh, little bit at least of in-person and, and proper uh, meetup, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think it's, it's, it's super important to just, yeah, because I think part of uh, something I really try to remind myself is like we're developer evangelists and advocates and there's no way you're kind of an evangelist on, on online. That doesn't work. <laughs> an evangelist yeah. has to be physically present. Yeah. Yeah, and, and something that you mentioned earlier on is like you, you're a part of your job. You're doing a lot of hackathons, uh, um, which are, used to be some of my favorite events. And it's been uh, since the pandemic, since I've even been part of a hackathon, I think that there's still a lot of kind of fear amongst trying to organize that. But, uh, you know, what's, what do you think is, is kind of some of the, the, the real value that comes out of those types of events where, you know, it's not just you presenting information as a developer advocate is kind of you working with developers. If you, do you find that those type of events are kind of some of the best ways to, to build relationships? Uh, or, or do you still feel that the, the, the person presentation teaching modes uh, work really well? Um, I, I, think, I think it depends on the goal, right? Mm -hmm. um, for example, if um, uh, a good example is that people are just launching a Larian a brand new framework. Um, the first couple of months were teaching mode, you know, putting out content and talking to people, telling them what the product is, how to get started. And once you feel like a couple of developers have kind of gotten the idea, um, yeah, immediately you start the hackathons. And the reason behind that now, the goals change. Like the initial goal was to make people aware. And now the goal becomes like product refinement. Um, it, the goal becomes like, how many developers can we get to a particular level? so that we can start even giving them gigs um, and stuff like that. So for us, for us, that's kind of like what, what matters. I, we don't do too much teaching. We really try to, I try to do the teaching within the hackathon, right? I, I realize like mm -hmm. it, it allows me to, because like there's small groups of, of developers working on a particular project. And within those small groups, that's where true learning happens. Because learning, learning has, has two modes. There's the, 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 kind of like the client master kind of system, uh, right? Like on computers or the peer-to-peer, -peer, right? And and peer-to-peer -peer often leads to like very powerful um, learning lessons uh, for, for the developers themselves. Um, so that's that's kind of where we are at, at the moment. I think hackathons for us are super important. Um, we, we actually discover really fantastic things about our product that we didn't even know. <laughs> so um, we're super excited um, around hackathons. Um, unless we're reducing the teaching and, and pushing that towards like consumable content. So recording videos, writing articles. Uh, we're leaving that to, the, to those mediums. And then the hackathons are designed to help developers ideate and create and, and really focus on the task at hand rather than worrying about like what I said 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're talking a lot about uh, helping people to learn, but I was wondering how do you uh, learn uh, mm. new things uh, as a developer uh, evangelist? Like uh, where do you get your inspiration and your ideas and from? A lot of sci-fi, I guess. <laughs> Black Mirror. <laughs> um, um, but really it's, um, I think I think like for, for example, for Elarin or Africa Stalking, I think, um, 
because of the nature of our technology, which is communications and payments, I've, I, I've always found that fundamentally for human beings, uh, what, we, what we're really doing is we're always trying to exchange information and we're always trying to exchange value. This is really the fundamental thing. So you can configure that in so many possible ways. Um, so one of, like, one, of the, one of the things we tried to work on um, earlier this year was um, bringing to light um, freelance developers. Right, these guys are super under, underappreciated sometimes, um, especially in the African market. So we tried to to hack around uh, creating a platform that allowed uh, developers to not only find gigs but also run community events on our behalf, and and they get like it's kind of like a tokenized system uh, for them. And and all this just comes from sitting down and and listening to what the developers have to say. No matter how ridiculous the idea is, um, you just take it and go like, okay, let's try and build it. Uh, maybe we'll see what happens. Um, and in terms of me picking up new skills, it's just based on my interest at the time. Um, so like I picked up a bit of game development recently to try and see how I could introduce our APIs into the gaming side of things. Um, but yeah, it, it just depends on my interest at the time and what I think would be, would be useful to the, to the engineers of now and and the future. Um, yeah, maybe talk about the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting, like going on to like the metaverse and all these different platforms. What, what are the, what are the best ways to, to reach out to the developer community online? So we've talked a lot about the, you know, hackathons and these in-person events and peer-to-peer -peer learning. Um, and we've talked a little bit about the, the struggles of virtual events. You know, what's, what is the best way to reach the, the larger audience of developers in that? Uh, what, what mediums and platforms do you use at work in the region? Um, definitely partnering with the larger communities. Um, so like Google has like tons of developers on their platform. So working alongside them um, is always very useful. Um, and I think the second thing definitely still run ads. Like it is not, doesn't, doesn't kill anybody. Um, mm. It still reaches quite a few devs. Um, and, uh, and the other thing is work with, with community leaders. So kind of like influencer marketing, essentially, because developers, developers listen to, to the cool, the people they think are cool. That that's just it. Um, one guy tweets, gets a thousand likes, you're a whole company making 10, $20 million and you still can't get five, five likes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> 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 we'll craft it. We'll build a great infographic. We'll craft some great copy. We'll look online. We'll say, okay, what's the perfect time to post this? And then you do it, and then nothing. Just silence. Just my, mom, my mom gives me a retweet. Oh. Yeah. Right. So you still have that struggle. That's not just a. It's not just on how. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You, I, I lost my word. I lost my question. I'm sorry. Go for it, Mackenzie. Well, yeah, I was just kind of thinking, uh, you know, in terms of, I know that you um, had uh, kind of were doing a lot of uh, videos and stuff. I think you have got a YouTube channel, Tony Does Tech, I think, you know, Tony yeah. Takes On Tech. Yes. You know, what's, what's, what's the best mediums out there? You know, is, is, it, is, is YouTube um, accessible to everyone? We talked about the internet restrictions that you have. Uh, a blog post yeah. kind of more the, more the way to go. What, what, what medium and, and, and to get your content out there works really well in, in, in the region? Um, articles are still, are still great because they're, they're, I mean, they consume less data and it's easy for people to consume it. But YouTube is still the, YouTube is massive here. 
Like mm-hmm. artists here don't even launch albums. They don't even launch on Apple Music first. They launch on YouTube first. They're gonna, probably going right. to get a oh. billion views straight up. Um, so YouTube is still the most powerful um, platform in terms of uh, video content and reaching people. And uh, telcos on this side are really incentivizing uh, guys to actually you know, uh, use YouTube. So for example, here in Kenya, Safaricom offers, I think, an hour free of YouTube uh, for guys. Um, yeah, so so YouTube is still a very powerful tool, um, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get much live streaming, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, YouTube videos still still work heavily. And I feel like we often talk about mobile first in Europe, but uh, my experience of working in different countries in Africa is is another whole other level. So I assume maybe developers consume a lot of content over, over their phone, even uh, tutorials and stuff that maybe in Europe we're more familiar on desktop. Yeah, for sure. The mobile is mobile is first, guys. If I know guys who even code on their on their phones, so oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see the the, the differences and, and how to. And then and then you must create content that. I mean, of course, we need to create content that's consumable on mobile. But if that is going to be the primary and uh, and and device, I think that that would kind of really change the way that you did it, especially when you're doing uh, coding videos and you have text on your screen. That uh, I mean, it's, uh, it changes the it changes the dynamic of how that content is going to be consumed. It's a, a very interesting, yeah. very interesting challenge. You you were talking a little bit about ads uh, about influencer. Your your company is still uh, young and a, a small team. Does that mean that as a developer evangelist, you're taking over a lot of marketing and communication? Yeah, we we end up doing a lot of it. So a lot of the tweets you see on Elarion have probably come through my hands. <laughs> um, so yeah, like we we still end up doing a lot of the the heavy lifting. Uh, but but yeah, it's for us it's quite exciting because uh, it gives us a chance as well to to really connect with our audience, to really know them and really know who we're dealing with. Um, I think one of the big lessons I think that, that, that you learn um, in a developer focused company is that it's, it's easy to get lost in the sales talk, right? Like uh, what's, what's our bottom line and you're DevRel, right? And you end up thinking about the developer like a customer instead of a developer. That's your primary goal. So for us, we, we are trying to bring DevRel to the most critical areas, marketing, um, education, um, product uh, that's that's where we're really focused on um yeah but uh, it's quite it's quite fun i think <laughs> it's an exciting it's an exciting challenge when you say product you mean that you're actively involved into product development yourself um not development but a lot of feedback um mm-hmm. before we launch a new feature i have to break it first i have to figure out what's what what, what goes <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um, it's quite a fun process now, now, I have a question too, and I think, um, I mean, this is, this is kind of interesting of me too. When we talk about, you know, your work for Africa Talking and, and the telcos and, and obviously now in your, in your new roles uh, and everything, uh, are you kind of exclusively uh, looking at it in your part of the world? Because, I mean, it's a telecom company, you, you're, you're, limited, you're limited to, the, to I, I guess, African regions. And, you know, and I guess now, is, is it kind of exclusive that you're focusing on reaching developers in, in the regions around you? Um, or do you kind of have ambitions or look for that global reach? Yeah, so um, 
Africa's talking, as from the as the name suggests, is yep. primarily focused in Africa. Um, and at our goal, the mission has always been to empower developers here to build, you know, scalable businesses and scalable software. Um, but with the Larian, actually, for us, our target is is, is global. So it's a it's a complete mind shift in terms of mm. um, in terms of like how we how we approach the market. I think in Africa, it's 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 not that it's um, it's impossible to get that mission done, but as you might imagine, working with 54 countries and trying to get all these governments to telcos to like give you licenses and do all these things, it's very difficult. Yeah. So we, Elarian, Elarian kind of provides this, um, a different approach to this, um, where we are actually kind of like in some ways aggregating the aggregators of the world. So Africa Stalking, Twilio, Nexmo, all these guys fall under, they kind of like just beneath us in terms of, in terms of layers. So the way we're kind of trying to target this is that we believe that a developer in Africa should be able to write software that works in, in Europe. And a, yeah. and a developer in Europe should be able to target guys in Africa, right? Like it shouldn't be exclusive. We shouldn't just be building for our own markets. We should be able to build for everybody. So um, this is the primary goal for Elarian to provide this, this, unified, this unified approach to reaching to, um, to allow developers to reach to their, to their customers at a, at a global scale. Wherever you are, you can reach everybody. Yeah, it's fascinating. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts in there. You talk about it uh, quite fluently, but you know, when you talk about <laughs> the specifics of your region and getting into these hubs and these communities, but then also ambitioning on this global scale, and you have the you know the challenges with with data and mobile content, and then uh, reaching across across oceans into other areas. That's not a small challenge to be able to make it accessible for and and legible for everyone. Uh, it's 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 quite a uh, it's quite a unique uh, position that you're in. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that, that that really struck us, I think, a couple of years ago, was that we could take Africa to the world. I think I think for so long the world has tried to get into Africa and have not succeeded. But if when Africa goes out into the world, it does really well. So look at Barna Boy in terms of our music now, our yeah. um, into our culture, it's it's really coming to the forefront. So I think it's it's really our responsibility to export the talent and the genius out of this content out of this continent instead of the other way around. So um, our, our our idea is that we, we we are really excited in terms of what we can bring to the tech to the tech industry at this moment, um, and just seeing what 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 comes out of it. I mean, it's a uh, I mean, we've built it. Why not give it to the people? Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure, I can see how the resilience that uh, African startup built out of the you know complicated bureaucracy, yeah. uh, the disparity, like the, the the very unique demography, the the access to technology obstacles. Like once you've tackled those. I mean, the rest of the world is pretty easy for you. <laughs> uh, but um, but what I'm surprised and what, what I was surprised is uh, the startup scene is 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 young and booming. And I was surprised to see that uh, developer relationship, uh, which is usually reserved to pretty big companies like in Europe, it's it's only the beginning of seeing uh, developer evangelists and, and devrails uh, for startups and, and SMEs. Um, in Africa, is it pretty widespread for a, a young tech startup to have a developer relationship since the beginning? Or was it a, a choice, a surprising choice for your company to do so? Um, so our company was the first, so Africa Stocking was the first company in Africa to actually get APIs onto the market. 
um which is it, it's it's ridiculous when i when i kind of listen to the stories because uh, i joined after after that happened but um we've always had developer relations from the beginning it it came under different names uh, but it was essentially developer relations and recently especially during this pandemic period a lot of companies have realized the value of community around a product um a lot of times companies have been have been releasing apis in a very ad hoc way so essentially um just saying oh here's an endpoint and these are the parameters and you go 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 be happy and and that never works they they're realizing that doesn't work and you need people who actually care about the community care about the product at the same time and are always trying to 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 aim for this kind of product led growth or community led growth uh, depending on how you want to look at it at that, at, that, at any particular point in time so um i think it's a it's it's slowly growing i think when we when when i came into the field there were very few guys the only guys who are doing this were guys from google um who had proper developer relations teams now i can count uh, maybe 10 developer relations teams on the continent um all doing different things um some of them more less technical others super technical and it's nice that it's in all kinds of shapes and sizes um and i'm also happy that you know companies from abroad as well are kind of bringing their developer relations um departments into the continent i, I think that that really begins to to lay the groundwork uh for some really fascinating products um I don't think many companies are prepared for what African developers will do with their products. Um the problems here are very are very unique and and and, and very challenging. Um yeah, I, I think uh like an interesting thing I saw the other day uh was a developer during the hackathon was able to essentially recreate Amazon Go very pretty quickly in less than a couple of hours, in a couple of hours rather. Um and I felt <laughs> I felt a bit stupid. I felt like maybe you should be teaching me uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, wow it is incredible it is incredible yeah. what people can do uh that yeah. when they when they use when they use in the tools and everything in ways that you haven't anticipated for sure what what advice would you have for people that uh you know for for developers that are looking uh to get into devrel that are in africa that are uh in 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 your region how what what advice would you give to someone that wants to get into this uh this field um i think the first thing is really really have concern for the developer like truly do have concern um for example like a simple example is you know you know you, you find people talking about their product but i'm always like have you tried building stuff on your site on on your product and use the mm-hmm. documentation and actually like you know feel how the developer feels when they are on your product um try to handle support yourself you know try to try to kind of like you know feel what developers are experiencing and 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 that should give you like a good insight into into what you should do next um yeah and and i think and i think the next thing is definitely find your strength and really capitalize on it um it's in devrel it's easy to get burnt out um if you're mm-hmm. doing all the things at once um you're attending conferences while writing blog posts while doing this while doing that mm. um that will burn you out pretty quickly so identify stuff you're really really good at and seek help when you know when necessary um, um yeah but, so yeah just find what you're good at whether it's education whether it's in support whether it's in community whether it's in uh, outreach you know or maybe you're an influencer you know that you could really help the company in terms of like bringing more people um into the funnel so 
yeah, just identify your strength and really capitalize on it um, and, and see, see, identify points of growth and see how you could help, you could kind of grow there or ask for help for it. Yeah, I think those are some of my key points. I think being in a developer relationship uh, at a startup is uh, specifically challenging. <laughs> Maybe Mackenzie, I was wondering, like, have you ever been nearby uh, burnout? Like, have you experienced that of like, I'm doing too much at a time and and I need to put some order around myself, otherwise I'm, I'm not going to enjoy what I'm doing anymore? So I, I, I don't know if I've really felt like burnout, but... I felt like absolutely chaotic and this chaos and have so many things happening at once and so many half finished projects and, uh, you know, and like trying to provide guidance on when I'm going to be finished these and have it. And in my head, I've kind of got it. And then reality doesn't work. And I've, and no one has any idea what, what I'm doing. And I'm just kind of flustered. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had moments like that. <laughs> absolutely. And then you just need to come back and kind of go, okay, like the role is so wide, right? I mean, you can do so many different things and, and you have a lot of freedom um, where you can say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is, I think it's going to, but you have to be strict in finishing the projects that you start, not doing two things. Okay. I'm going to focus on uh, this video and this is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish my blog post. Uh, I'm going to work on the hackathon. I'm not going to do all three in a week. Uh, it's not possible yeah, as much as you yeah. wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad we share uh, that we share I, the same problems. It's not just me. You know, sometimes <laughs> you wonder: is, is it just me? Am I just terrible at, at, at this? <laughs> it's not just me. If my boss is listening, it's not just me. <laughs> mm, I think that's going to be our, our last episode for 2021. So maybe I have a question for the both of you is like, tell me one thing you want to do better next year and one thing you want to try something new as a DevRel. I can, I can start from that. Uh, I think for me, uh, uh, for sure, uh, I, I want to, I think going back onto that, that, that thing, I, you know, I want to be able to manage uh, multiple projects uh, much better. And it means kind of focusing on, on things until you're done. I think that was something that uh, I struggled a little bit this year. I was so excited to be able to speak at conferences, to be able to create more videos, to be able to do everything, you know, that you, you really need to create focus points for that. And I think dedicate, uh, dedicate days to specific, specific tasks, be able to get them done. That's me. Anthony. Yeah. Um, well, uh, next year, I'm really hoping to get more content out. Um, I feel I feel over the past couple of, uh, especially 2020 and this year as well, it's been quite difficult trying to get a product out there, mm. um, participating in product development and doing all these things while trying to write blog, but I'm still trying to like, do DevRels. It's not been very easy. But um, next year, hopefully I can do more of that. And a new skill I'd like to learn. Um, huh, well... Um, I'd like to learn a new language. I think it's been a while. It's been a while. I've, I've been writing JavaScript for way too long. Um, I need to probably figure out what what's new and what, what could be helpful to devs. Um, yeah, uh, game development and Rust would be really cool for me to try out. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that, I think, I think we're coming to the end. 
uh, of the podcast. I, yeah, I was about to uh, to ask my my last question. Uh, okay, it's almost the it. same. It's uh, it, it's is there any uh, DevRel uh, or any company around you, Anthony, that you really enjoy the work of and that you want to uh, uh, share with uh, with our audience? Um. <laughs> Well, a, a great developer relations um, company that's been doing quite well. Um, hmm. Let me see. Let me see. There, there is some interesting guys around. But I think I'd really like to give a shout out to Termi. Um, I know they were competitors, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, they're, but, they're, but they're doing some really good work. And I'd, I'd say the, the, the devil team at Google um, has still been been doing some fantastic work. I think it's incredible that they've been doing this for almost, almost I think it, over 11 years and and they're still like doing some incredible work for the community on this side. So um, I think I'd give a shout out to them. And of course, check out uh, Africa Stocking and Elarian to start with, uh, I think is a, a good step. What about you, uh, Mackenzie? Anything uh, you've, you've seen these days that uh, rise your uh, your... Uh, I forgot the word, your, your fascination, your interests. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm really fascinated. I, I, I'm starting to see up there at the moment, some new hackathons starting to come up and, and I'm really fascinated to see how this is going to play out in 2020. So uh, this is something that I think will become really important in the DevRel toolbox, something that we haven't been able to utilize on. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to give any specific shout outs to any companies because I'm going to wait and see how it goes first and then we'll give some shout outs <laughs> to it. But, you know, but I'm really looking forward to seeing this and uh, I'm going to try and replicate uh, some, some of these type events coming up in, in the next year for sure. Yeah, actually listening to Anthony, I was like, I definitely want to be part of hackathons yeah, again. So I'm, I think I it's the next thing I'm going to Google after yeah. after this recording. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So just to finish up on Anthony, how can people follow you and follow your journeys? What's the best platforms and social media to do that? Oh, definitely. Um, uh, Twitter is the best place to follow me. That's where you get to see a lot of the stuff I'm doing. So um, at Anthony Limo. Um, so yeah, just follow me there and uh, you should see some interesting stuff some of the projects we're working on, uh, personal and uh, company-related, uh, that you might find interesting. Perfect. Amazing. Mackenzie, where, where can people find you if they haven't found you yet? <laughs> <laughs> they don't find me. I find them. No. <laughs> 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 uh, you can follow me anywhere at Advocate Mac. So Twitter, Dev2, LinkedIn. Uh, not quite. I keep talking about TikTok. I, I've got at one point, at one point, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Goal for 2022, create a TikTok. Then you can follow me on TikTok. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. And Alex, yourself? Ponycode is uh, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, at Ponycode Dev. And myself, I'm trying to be a little bit more active on Twitter. So it's Alex under, underscore encode. Uh, I've, I'm trying the to be The handle has changed. We have a new handle. Yes. Uh, yes. I thought <laughs> it's time. It's time to get back on track. Uh. It's a new handle. And uh, I think during the holiday break, I'm going to get uh, back into uh, uh, coding, you know, upgrade a little bit my skills. So hopefully I can say more clever and smart things uh, next year during our podcast. That's my goal. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Anthony. Uh, it's, been, it's been awesome. And I hope to be able to hear back from you in the new year and have things to go. Awesome. Pleasure. Thank you, Anthony, for joining us on our last 2021 podcast. Cheers. Peace, guys.